Welcome to this very special part three of session 57, where we're going to get rid of time and space for good. Let's begin. There are several reasons why I consider this to be a special part three of the session. And just to recap really quick, we have been talking about pyramids a lot so far, and I think it's going to continue on to next session 58. But here we get a different question, which actually we owe it to somebody whose name is not reported or registered here in the material. So it's a different question. And I'm so glad this person made this question because it is so special. Like I said, uh, there's so much we can get out of this. And of course, we're talking about time and space. So we're going to dissolve that. We're going to see it for what it is, an illusion. We always hear that there is no separation between me and you. So that's illusory and time doesn't exist. But how can we see this within the model of the law of one? And that's what we're going to explore here. So I'm really excited to start this up and I'm going to also include at some point, I don't know when, but I'm going to include something from a different channeling, which I never do. Um, but this, this channeling is still from the Confederation. This is Kuo, which most of you should know about. And I'll get to talk a little bit about Kuo here, but just so you know that there is a very relevant channeling that happened in 2011, I believe, 11 years ago in April. So I'm going to include it because it does make sense at the end once I explore these realms of space, time and time space. So again, the whole session was about pyramids and we have one question left, which is question 33. It's a very long one, dense, and there's so much that we can get out of this. So, without further ado, let's get into question 53, where Don says, Thank you. I want to go on more questioning on the pyramid, but I want to ask a question name has here. I'll throw it in at this point. Could you please expand the concept of space-time and time-space and how to get past this, this, the concept of these things? And at what density level do these concepts no longer affect the individual? So Ra says, this will be the last query of this working. This instrument has some vital energy left. However, we become concerned with the increasing distortions of the body complex towards pain. The space-time and time-space concepts are those concepts describing as mathematically as possible the relationships of your illusion that which is seen to what which is unseen. These descriptive terms are clumsy. They, however, suffice for this work. So I'm just going to continue reading everything and then we'll revisit. Ra continues, in the experiences of the mystical search for unity, these need never be considered, for they are but part of an illusory system. The seeker seeks the one. This one is to be sought, as we have said, by the balanced and self-accepting self, 
aware both of its apparent distortions and its total perfection. Resting in this balance awareness, the entity then opens the self to the universe, which it is. The light energy of all things may then be attracted by this intense seeking, and wherever the inner seeking meets the attracted cosmic prana, realization of the one takes place. The purpose of clearing each energy center is to allow that meeting a place to occur at the indigo ray vibration, thus making contact with intelligent infinity and dissolving all illusions. Service to others is automatic at the release energy generated by this state of consciousness. The space-time and time-space distinctions, as you understand them, do not hold sway except in third density. However, fourth, fifth, and to some extent, sixth work within some system of polarized space-time and time-space. The calculations necessary to move from one system to another through the dimensions are somewhat difficult. Therefore, we have the most difficulty sharing numerical concepts with you and take this opportunity to repeat our request that you monitor our numbers and query any that seem questionable. Is there any brief query that we may answer before we leave this instrument? And this was the end of session 57. You can see this was a very long, deep and dense answer from Ram. So, the question was about space-time and time-space and the difference between the two. And how does this um, work until the point that it doesn't work anymore? And Ra is, in essence, if I can summarize this whole thing, is that for, for the one who seeks, space-time and time-space have no value. For the one who is in the process of seeking, of realization of the self, realization of the one, remember, realization of the self is not to bring a new identity to myself or my ego separate self but rather realization of the one realization of the self is realization of the one of the one infinite creator god source whatever whatever you want to call it that one divinity that oneness and this well i can say that time space and space time are obviously useful for the realization and for the experience that brings up the realization of the self they are not important they are not quite relevant at all and this there are so many ramifications here that I would love to go through and I hope um, that this is why I wanted to do a whole video here because I think this brings so many points to um, to discuss and actually to clarify for for a lot of seekers who are perhaps too involved in time space and all of its bounties, which is beautiful, it's a great thing, but that is not a direct seeking, okay? So let's start with what Ross says at the beginning. They say the space-time and time-space concepts are those concepts describing as mathematical 
mathematically as possible the relationships of your illusion. Now remember, these concepts or these phrases, time, space and space-time, were taken out of Dewey Larson's physics, which is what Dunn was aware of, and he actually asked Ra to validate these concepts for a good description of what we consider to be the uh, the seen and the unseen, the physical and the metaphysical, the mind-matter connection, which is a question that we have been uh, posing since I mean uh, ancient times from from Greece and beyond. Uh, so. You know, this is the, the closest thing we have in Ra is saying this. They're saying, you know, these concepts are, uh, they're descriptive, but they're clumsy. But they suffice for this work to explain the reality of, um, uh, the sandwich of reality in which we are invested, in which we are, um, as an illusion of self, we are experiencing, okay? So that's what Ra is saying there at the beginning. This is because the true nature of knowing time-space and space-time as we describe it here, it's, um, it's a deeper subject. And again, this channeling of 2011, I think described a lot to get a better glimpse of what these uh, are. And there's something else that Ra didn't say here but I'll get to that later on which I think is it, it really puts it into context like that gives us that dimension in which we can see and say oh I get it that part is missing in my model so Ra continues and says in the experiences of the mystical search for unity these need never be considered for they are but part of an illusory system. In the experiences of the mystical search, which is the seeker, the seeker who seeks the one, these concepts or these, um, these fields of work, these field of activity need not be considered. You see, we're talking about the physical reality, that would be space-time, where we're doing things and I need to do that and certain things need to be accomplished and there's, there's a lot of activity in the physical. That's space-time. And then there is the mental activity and the consideration of the self and everything else that goes in. This is in third density, of course, where that's the mind, that time-space that is our accompanying time space and I hope to make a video in the future where I describe I did it in Spanish I didn't do it in English back then uh, but I describe the different the way I see it the different layers of space-time and time space that exist along with the other dimensions that I'm not gonna mention yet but these um, these two how they relate between dimensions, uh, dimensions or densities. And Ra mentions something here. So, uh, these ne never be considered because when you're seeking the one, you are not concerned with the, with the mind processes. 
and with the physical, of course, which is really what we're super concerned with. So that one is easy to, to understand. <laughs> that one is easier to resign and say, okay, yep, I, I don't care about the physical. But a lot of people do. A lot of people are, are living the physical a lot. Well, I would think that the metaphysical um, student or the people who are involved in seeking and understanding this reality, they get very involved with the mental activity. And mental activity substitutes the activity of the physical. And this is an illusory system as well. This is why you need to um, just give up your mind. Um, we call it mushin in Japanese, which means literally no mind. Mu is no or a negative and Shin is the heart mind, no mind. The true mind is no mind. And that is because the mind is creating the illusory part of time space. So in our projections, we're still working within the illusion. Of course, I'm not saying that all of this is useless. It has its purpose for experience, development, and so on. But here we're talking about the seeking of the one, as Ra says. In the experiences of the mystical search, what is the mystical? The mystical is that seeking of that mystery. It has the same root. The mystery is that which is ineffable, indescribable, yet is there. It is felt. So in the mystical search for unity, Look at those two terms, mystical and unity. Unity is something that cannot be described by the mind, nor can it be experienced by the body. So it can only be known. Unity can only be known. Um, and in this, then of course, time, space and space time are not useless, but they are not to be considered. They, they sort of muddy the water in in the search in the seeking and that is because they are part of an illusory system the the one thing that exists is intelligent infinity if we can go back to the um, the creation the creation as the Kibalion says as well is all mind I think that's a great word it's all mind the whole creation is one mind but even the mind is an illusory creation of infinity to experience itself, rightfully so, but it's still an illusory system. So the mind itself is illusory and intelligent infinity creates intelligent energy, which is that manifestation of intelligent infinity, which starts moving and creating all of the densities and uh, all of the physical matter that we know all of the different vibrations that the atom or the photon will vibrate at and the patterns of movement and so on, all of this is part of an illusory system. And so Ra emphasizes and says, the seeker seeks the one. What does it mean? I mean, all the upper spiraling prana, which is the evolving manifestation of the self, is seeking the one that upward spiraling prana, that direction of up, is not our direction of up here in three dimensions, but the upward directions of infinity, the seeking of infinity. 
and it goes through the lowest portions or uh, the highest portions of separation, which is matter. And then it goes into second density, entities, plants, animals, and so on. And then it goes to humans, and it starts getting closer and closer to unity. So the seeker seeks the one. The seeker is obviously a, a human here, or a third density being. This one is to be sought. That is the purpose of everything. By the balance and self-accepting self. Here's another huge phrase. When Ra says that this one is to be sought. By the balance and self-accepting self. This is already implying that the seeker must be or should be balanced and uh, self-accepting. These are lower energy centers work, the things that need to be worked with. And uh, you see balance, what are you balancing? You're balancing yourself first by the lower energy centers and then coordination by the fourth and fifth chakra. And the self-accepting self is what we have been discussing for a long time already, which is whoever you are, you have to accept yourself with both, aware both of your apparent distortions and your total perfection. Your apparent distortions are what's manifested here, what seems to be separate, what seems to be an individual self, not only in in your physical reality or your ego self, but even in time space, what you consider to be, let's say, for example, people who talk about, well, I have had so many incarnations, I feel like I am a fourth density wanderer or a graduate or what have you. All of that is, um, it's, a, it's illusory again. This is, these are your apparent distortions. All of your identities are distortions of infinity. Again, I don't want this to sound like it's it's a, it's a negative thing. We should avoid feeling identified with, you know, a being of pure love or a being of wisdom or whatever whatever it is. It's just that all of this never need to be considered because it deviates. Um, it really deviates from the seeking. Seeking needs to be in pure silence, in no distortion, in no movement at all. Stillness is the key here. And this reminds me of a story that Alan Watts says um, or tells where uh, the master asks the students, um, what is the way? And the student says, the Tao. The Tao is the way. And the master says, no, your everyday mind is the way. There is no concept. You see, as long as you, as long as you put, or as soon as you put your mind into work and you create activity, you're deviating. Um, I wish I could remember the story well. It's a very short one too. It's, a, it's almost like a saying actually. <laughs> but, um, um, I think it was uh, asked to Lao Tse, speaking of the Tao, uh, to Lao Tse said someone, um, how do I, I think it was Lao Tse, might have been somebody else, how do I, how do I go in accordance with the Tao? 
and Lao Tse or whoever it was said, when you try, you deviate, you know, uh, meaning that you, your own desire, which is another word in Buddhism, your desires are the source of suffering, you see. Um, so when you desire to be spiritual, you're deviating from spirituality. So we're seeking the one in a place of stillness. And in stillness, something beautiful happens. You are in the present, suddenly, without thought. You're just there. Ask an artist and they'll tell you exactly what that means. You know, maybe you're an artist and you know exactly what it is to be in the zone. As Jordan used to say and Aaron likes to remind us of, which is a beautiful way to explain how somebody can be in complete flow with reality. And so this is the, the premise of why time, space and space time are not needed for the seeker, at least for the pure seeker. There is still much more to uncover and discover, of course, from a third density perspective, thinking that you are a separate self, a human that's going to die, then you open yourself to the reality that there is a different density in which you exist. Actually, nothing can be destroyed or created, so you just continue on with the same energy that you left this body and so on, and then you get fascinated with the metaphysical principles of reality and so on, and you get distracted with the beauty of the creation. However, it is still a distraction for the, the one purpose of reuniting with infinity. So, Ra continues to says, resting in this balance awareness, this is the balance being, aware of its apparent distortions and its total perfection. The total perfection, by the way, is the knowing of who you are, the knowing that the pain that you feel, the, um, the flesh that you seem to be incarnated in, the thoughts that you're having, all of this is part of a transitory state of beingness. But the one beingness that is perfect always and ever is what you are, which is awareness, consciousness. The universe, the universe is not conscious. The universe is consciousness, or consciousness is the universe, and you are consciousness. This is the closest or fastest realization or way to realize who you are. And anything else that you might think is deviating from the way, <laughs> in this case, from consciousness. Consciousness is simply conscious. It's not thinking, it's not coloring itself, it's not um, doing anything. It simply is being. And this is the beingness of consciousness, the creation itself. So resting in this balance awareness, the entity then opens the self to the universe, which it is. Now, once you are aware, in this balance aware, of your total perfection, which I just described, and the apparent distortions, self-accepting that everything that is happening to the separate you, to the to the individual, rather, to the individual that you are, um, everything that is happening is perfect, is as it should be. You see, nature doesn't, 
cry because a bird died or the forest burned. Nature doesn't do anything. Nature just keeps doing its thing. Has been doing it for a long time. And um, uh, although it's controversial in these times of sensitivity, I will say it. I don't care if this planet is bombarded with nuclear, um, with nukes, and with you know deforested and we fill it up we cover it in plastic completely that won't matter nature will continue on it's almost like water is always running its course you cannot stop it it'll do what it has to do and it'll slowly but surely uh make its way past everything so in the same way i think that this nature no matter what we do, will continue to be and thrive. Unless we do the Maldic, um, <laughs> the Maldic repeat, which we do have a lot of Maldekians here. But I think somehow uh, nature has been able to, to, um, to keep them from destroying our planet again. So uh, the entity then opens the self, uh, opens the self to the universe. You open yourself to the universe once you rest in this balanced awareness of your total perfection and your apparent distortions, accepting yourself. This is the realization of oneness. This is the opening of saying, wow, we, we are the universe. This is the universe actually talking to myself. This is the universe uh, making me feel solid the universe. I mean, this is a dream. And then at this point, Ra continues and says, the light energy of all things may then be attracted by this intense seeking. And wherever the inner seeking meets the attracted cosmic prana, realization of the one takes place. This one is one that we need to uh, unpack carefully. The light energy of all things may then be attracted by this intense seeking. Well, what is the light energy of all things? Intelligent energy. Once you do this, you are working with intelligent energy. This is the attraction. Um, this is another way of also, uh, somehow I'm not very, um, satisfied with the descriptions and all the, uh, the different iterations that exist about um, the law of attraction. But th this is, in essence, what happens in the law of attraction. Once you open yourself to the universe this way, then you also attract whatever you you are supposed to have. You know, those things that are in line for you, not whatever you want. Um, because you see that the nature of this is just accepting anything that comes your way. And then all those things that you need then it will come your way and you're going to be surrounded by it. Sometimes you're going to feel like you don't need all this stuff and you would like to just give it away. And indeed, some people do. So the light energy of all things may then be attracted by this intense seeking. However, this goes beyond the law of attraction. And we're talking about this, this light energy that uh, of everything that is, is attracted to you. You become this beacon of light, if you will. Um, and the more the, 
the, the, the more intense the seeking, the more intense the slide is going to be. I'm going to add that here. And the other part is when they say, wherever, wherever the inner seeking, that would be your North Star, your Polaris of self, whenever that inner seeking meets the attracted cosmic prana, that would be the prana, lower, so Kundalini here, realization of the one takes place. Now remember, this is from the example of an entity who is balanced and has opened itself, so heart activated. And with this heart activated, wherever the inner seeking, which is, I'm pointing up here, but it really isn't up here, it's the inner light. That's the inner light we discuss in session 49, part two, uh, the Kundalini. This inner seeking, this light, this one polarity of light, we discussed this recently in another session, uh, 56, 55, somewhere around there. This inner seeking, it's, um, it's a light that's going to meet the cosmic prana at some point. And that point in this example will be either the heart, the throat chakra, or the indigo ray. So this is the meeting of the attracted cosmic prana and the inner seeking or the inner light. This meeting will take place again. This is the locus of meeting uh, of the two energies and that will determine the realization of the one. Um, this is what Ra has said, that some people become healers, that would be hearts, others become messengers, inspirators, and um, communication is their, their things from co-creator to co-creator, that would be throat chakra, and the other ones would be the sacramental nature of reality, uh, this would be our masters and so on. These, these are the meeting points of the uh, of this intense seeking that is the inner light and the cosmic prana allowed to be go up and that is the realization of the one. There are different ways in which we can realize the one and that would be from the heart up. So Ra continues and says the purpose of clearing each energy center is to allow that meeting place to occur at the indigo ray vibration. That is, that is the purpose of clearing each energy center, to work with each energy center, is to allow that meeting place to occur at the indigo ray vibration, thus making contact with intelligent infinity and dissolving all illusions. Remember, we're talking about dissolving time space or time and space, space time, time space, by dissolving this, we are having a complete contact with intelligent infinity. Now what happens at the indigo ray? It's another uh, reminder here. Contact with intelligent infinity happens when you dissolve polarity. There is no more separation. There is no more duality. And this realization of oneness at the indigo ray level is the dissolving of all illusions. You become one with the universe. This is contact with intelligent infinity. So service to others is automatic at the release energy generated by this state of consciousness. Service to others is automatic because 
there is there I mean there's nothing else if you become lucid in a dream and this is a poor analogy but it'll suffice if you become lucid in a dream and you realize this is all your dream what would you do what would you do would you harm yourself would you go to the deepest uh, hells you can imagine would you um, terrorize yourself <laughs> I mean this is if you have full realization service to water to others is automatic so this would be the blissful uh, sharing of the self with others and this is why you know having this 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 lifestyle does improve your life because your you know all this yoga that people practice and meditation uh right thinking and so on all of this in essence is just making you realize the one that you are your oneness with everything and this is not an intellectual thing this is something that happens at a deep level inside of you and it does change things that it's hard to explain but it's just that once seen it cannot be unseen and you can never react or be the same person that you were in the past you see that and you just feel compassion for the self in general because it's not just you it goes through the whole planet realizing this you see that there was no victim that you were when you were five or twelve or whatever age there was no victim because you can say that your uh, your parents didn't know any better or your neighbor or whoever they didn't know any better they were carrying the load from previous generations and you can say the same thing about them and about the others and the others and so on so it becomes really a self work this is why forgiveness is the key to stopping karma what is karma karma is action is movement is activity and that activity forgiveness is the one that stops it because there is no more um, stimulus or there is no more uh, inertia pushes for this particle so to speak to continue its journey and so forgiveness is that key to stops the wheel of karma as Ra likes to say so service to others is automatic release of energy generated by this state of consciousness I'm not quite sure what the release of energy is uh, in this case but I would wager is um, the indigo ray of course is that release of energy as you may contact with intelligent infinity then you are working with intelligent energy and when you work with intelligent energy what is it but just pure um uh pure love love light that is intelligent energy so you are a creator you are a creator working with the tools of the creator the space time and time space distinctions as you understand them do not hold sway except in third density so um this gets into part of what i wanted to discuss well i'll continue reading because they say that space-time and time-space distinctions do not hold sway except in third density. However, fourth, fifth, and to some extent, sixth work 
within some system of polarized space-time and time-space. You see, just to um, talk a little bit more about time-space and space-time, the purposes are to have an experience depending on the density in which we are. So in third density, we are in a sort of, you see, let, let's go to the duality of the beingness or the, the entity. In space-time, we are doing, um, more doing than being. You can consider this reality here, physical space-time, as a lot of doing. I am recording a video. I am touching the table. I am going to do this later. You're always thinking in terms of doing. And there is a small portion of being. I mean, you're always being. You cannot stop being. Uh, and this is why space-time is more of an illusion than time-space. And I'll get to this. And so, you're always concerned with doing, with activity, physical activity. That That's really the essence of space-time. And it's a very useful one for reasons that um, I'll probably uh, allude here, so to give a little bit more of an understanding of space-time and time-space. But in time-space, there is more beingness than doing. In fact, there is very little of, if any, doing. There is just beingness. So this is the reason why we incarnate, because for... You see, we move in three dimensions of space and time seems to be fixed at a specific rate. This is space-time. In time-space, we seem to move in three dimensions of time because consciousness can actually do them through all your incarnations and you can feel everything. It's um, the way I perceive it. It's very hard to describe by entities in time-space, so um, I'm just going to make a caricature of this here. But Imagine that, I mean, it's easy to, to imagine if you have experiences of dreaming, of deep meditation, and where uh, altered states of mind, and that could include near-death experiences, or simply, uh, you know, you faded anything. I've been exploring this for a while with anything, even feeling sick with a fever, you get to explore this weird, um, beingness in time-space, which is why you can't explain dreams and say, I was in my house, but it wasn't my house. And it was alive, but it wasn't talking to me. It was just as if I was the information of the house being processed by my own mind. It becomes this weird dimension of reality. This is time-space. Everything that happens in our mind whether that be dreams or deep sleep, and we'll get to deep sleep in a little bit, um, or psychedelics or altered states of consciousness, whatever it is that you get into within your mind, that is exploring time space. And you can see the doing there is not really an option. You're just being, and you're exploring all the dimensions of time in this state. So these are the two distinctions that are important for space-time and time-space in all dimensions, or I should say densities. 
In third density, there is a huge distinction between time space and space time. In fourth density, it's thinner. It's almost like it's it's visible. It really is visible, actually. Here in space time, we can say, ah, it's all your imagination or whatever. We can, um, and that is the beauty of third density. It creates that possibility of us dismissing it as something trivial, useless. In fifth density, it becomes even thinner so as to almost interact with time-space. Um, and I'm talking about incarnation in fourth and fifth density. In sixth density, it becomes so thin and so, um, so reachable that is like being um, in two places, if you want, at the same time. This is the distinction between time, space, and space-time within all densities. To the point that in seven density, you dissolve into what is called pure time-space. And that's the phrase that I wanted to leave up until this point. Pure time-space is unity of consciousness. Which again, I hope you're following here because I'm making a cake of all the densities, space-time and time-space, and how they interact with each other becomes thinner and thinner up until the top where it dissolves and that dissolution into nothingness or everything is the final step to unity. Now, pure time space is not something that is only accessible in seventh density, the portal to, um, to oneness, the portal to, um, I forgot what Ra calls it, uh, it's not timeless, it's uh, foreverness, the gateway to foreverness. Um, you have access to this in each density, including third density. Now I'll give you uh, an example of how this feels, rather how we access this on a daily basis. Deep sleep, as I said I would cover, deep sleep is where you go into pure time space. Now you see what's happening here. There is no activity of the mind. When you sleep, you go through certain phases, through um, uh, what I would call the surface sleep, where you're still sort of aware that there is a space-time, you know, physical reality. And this is where weird things start happening and you get scared, paralysis, sleep paralysis, and so on. So. You get into these uh, these states here. Then you go into deeper sleep where you have um, sort of um, dreams and so on, the REM sleep. And then you go into deep sleep. Deep sleep is that pure state that is pure time space where nothing is happening. Absolutely nothing is happening. This is also described in the symbol of the of the Om. Um, so, when you get into uh, into deep sleep, there is no activity of the mind. Nothing is happening. That is why you have no recollection of that time, and you say, "Gee, I have no memory of when I was sleeping." Well, of course not. For you to have a memory, you have to have an activity. <laughs> you have to have something to remember, and your mind is not working. So. Where does consciousness go? Where is myself going? I mean, you're there. You're there. If I tap you on the forehead, 
you would wake up immediately, right? So you're there. The you that somehow exists is there. So deep sleep is just that communion with perfection, with purity. We can access this also with deep meditation. And indeed, some monks do this. This is why they don't need to sleep, because the same nourishment that they get from deep sleep, they're getting in deep meditation. Why am I saying all of this? Because there is a practical point here. You may say, well, okay, you know, if I do it in, in my sleep, deep sleep, why would I care to do it? Or what does that have to do with me? Well, oh, I'm not a monk. You know, I'm never going to achieve that meditation. That's only for enlightened beings. Fair enough. I mean, uh, if that's how you feel, then that's great. But you don't need to become a full monk, nor do you need to satisfy yourself with deep sleep. You can bring this pure time space here. And this is what in... Um, in the ohm symbol which i just mentioned that little dot that you see over the little uh, half moon that describes the illusion on the top that little sometimes it's like a rhomboid or uh, an octahedron or it's just like a little tilde that represents the pure state of mind which is being in reality without any sort of illusion and that is dissolving all illusions and living as the Godhead living as pure awareness which is really what pure time space is it's just pure awareness how you can check that because you may say I haven't reached that level Gabe please stop bothering me with this I'm not gonna reach there <laughs> well the silly thing is that you are never going to reach there because the same reason that you can never reach here. What is the road to here? How can you reach here? Or when will the present come? I'm looking for the time. I'm tracking the time because at some point the present will arrive. Well, you are there. And this is the present. The ever-present moment. Eternity. In the same way, you are always conscious that consciousness is pure time space and so it really is the stopping of the activity of the mind or allowing the activity of the mind to be to stop identifying with the activity of the mind that starts to bloom or makes the seed of consciousness sprout and you become that so that pure time space is the key to understanding the dissolution of space-time and time-space. You see why neither space-time, this physical reality, affects pure time-space, which I would like just to call it consciousness. Um, it's a, I, I think it's a little bit complicated as it is, you know, in the Confederation's philosophy. Thank you, Confederation. But I, I do enjoy The Direct Path by Ramana Maharshi and Nisargadatta and one of its exponents right now, which I really love, Rupert Spira. I highly recommend this guy. Uh, I'm going to leave um, a link to his channel here because I really love Rupert Spira. 
And they talk about consciousness. They bring you directly to the source of your beingness. So I love that. And that to me is pure time space. There is no, there is no distinction as Ra is saying, space, time and time space, there's only unity and everything can be experienced from there. So this is the distinction between space, time and time space. Now Ra finishes up and says that the calculations necessary to move from one system to another through the dimensions are somewhat difficult. Okay, we don't need to get into the calculations. Um, therefore, we have the most difficulty sharing numerical concepts and they just finish up saying, please check our numbers because we do make mistakes. But this is the beauty of understanding time space as something that exists for a reference of being and space time, something of a reference for doing, but being and doing are never apart from each other. Just like time and space are never apart from each other. They are illusory in system, but they need to go together for it to be. And in the same way, you don't need to be, and there is, let me put it this way. It's not that you don't need to be because there are different types of beingness. Uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I know this adds to confusion, but there is the beingness of the self, which you consider yourself to be. I am this, uh, this body. I am this mind. I am this soul. There is a, I believe that there is an identity dissolution in progress through evolution of densities. Because in fourth density, you're still associated with certain polarities. That's why you're in fourth density. And in fifth density, you're still attached to certain polarity. I mean, this starts dissolving. You stop being a male because you realize that you're both. You have both energies. You don't have the need for a biological expression, or if we can use that, because chemistry is completely different in other dimensions. There is no chemistry, actually. There is light bodies. So there is no need for the manifestation of the male energy in physical form, in space-time, for you to feel male. You know you're male or you're female. You're both. And so you see the distinction of that goes away. The distinction of you being positive or negative dissolves in sixth density and so on. All polarities are dissolved in sixth density. And this identity is the one I'm talking about that exists in time space still through the densities through the dimensions because you still believe in a self you cannot exist in this creation in this octave if you're still believing you are a self a an entity so the belief in an entity um, goes to nothingness once you approach unity in seven density um, so yeah, I know that was a, that was a long trip, but this is what Ra had for us in question 33 of this session. So I'm going to read now to you, now that we're all warmed up, um, <laughs> what Kuo said here, this is a long session. I'm going to leave it here. If you want to read it, fascinating, I mean, you can get to understand a lot of what I said here and uh, deeper and you can also um you can also expand on the concepts of what it is which i think is fascinating how a fourth density experience reality 
and how it dreams within for density, how it accesses that for, um, forgive me, that pure time space that is analogous. Actually, is it's not analogous. Pure time space is always the same from third density to seventh density, but the access to that is different. Whereas here we go into a coma state, which is the deep sleep. When we're sleeping, we're just drooling <laughs> over the pillow to access pure time space. In fourth density, it seems like it's um, it's like dreaming or deep meditation rather. So you go into a state of deep meditation where you are aware of yourself. You see, we're not aware of ourselves within a deep sleep. All mind activity is, is, is over. But in fourth density is different, fifth density is different, and I'm not gonna spoil the rest if you wanna read it. If not, I'll probably read this in a video at some point. So in any case, I'm going to read this about pure time space. So Kuo says, the pure time space environment is one which does not lend itself well to description for it is beyond most words ability to describe. However, we shall do what we can in this regard. The pure time space experience is one of the identifications with what you would call intelligent infinity. That portion of the creation which permeates all of the creation and expands beyond all creation infinitely. It is the stuff of unity, shall we say, that is somewhat different from the rest of what you call creation, in that it is a quality of beingness that does not know any separation from the Creator. When the seeker of truth within your third density illusion, or within any density for that matter, is able to quiet the self, usually within the meditative state, to the point of blending the personal vibrations with the Creator and feeling that experience of oneness, then the seeker is experiencing intelligent infinity or the pure time-space experience. Within this state of total unity, then all service is seen as being the same without polarity, for all is the Creator. All serves the Creator and there is no separation. Within such a state of unity, there is no desire for service, for movement, for anything. For indeed, there is no desire. There is completeness. There is infinity. There is all that there is. For those portions of the Creator that experience polarity. And unfortunately, at that point, um, it... It goes into, um, it says, side one of tape ends. That was a bummer. <laughs> it continues on, but I'm not going to read it. You can go read it. Um, but um, yeah, that uh, that was just, everything that I said is kind of packed there, more, much more neatly and poetically. But you see, if I can just summarize all of this, this is the um, consciousness, pure consciousness. I love when they say that when the seeker of truth 
within your third density illusion um, or any um, or within any density for that matter you see it's not only third density illusion or any density is able to quiet the self it's just easier to quiet yourself in other densities usually within the meditative state to the point of blending the personal vibrations with the creator and feeling the experience of oneness then the seeker is experiencing intelligent infinity or the pure time space experience you see the ramifications of this we're talking about quieting yourself completely so you can listen to the creator Ra said this in one of the sessions with Don when Don asked um, what is the um, what are the benefits of these types of meditation and one of them was quieting the mind and Ra said this is the way in which you can uh, listen to the creator I'm paraphrasing but that's what they said uh, another part that I love of this that I just read is when they say within such a state of unity there is no desire for service for movement for anything for indeed there is no desire there is completeness there is infinity there is all that there is and so now you can see how it is not a matter of densities in which you can ah oh, once i get to six densities where i'll be able to see intelligent infinity well, we know that already it's just that if we can cultivate we can nourish this seed of pure consciousness within us where we, this can only be done within meditation or contemplation simply something that quiets the mind that pacifies the mind which is not an activity in and of itself it is just a ceasing of the, the activity whatever that may be it could be anything i think there are different ways of meditation and indeed gautama siddhartha the buddha used to say that he um you know he had no preference of meditations it's just that he didn't praise some of them and those were like focusing on anger and things like that which is just the buddha trying to cover his way um not his way to cover himself from the usage of his words for oh you can meditate on anything he he talked about those um the the intoxicants of the mind so again that's all i got um rightfully <laughs> a full hour uh there is so much to keep talking about this but i think the the essence that i wanted to share was that we get lost sometimes with time space and all of its things that you can do and you should progress and harvest and i need to do this and i need to do that and that's all activity that's either physical or mental activity that's fine you know we we have an inertia we have a karma uh, a karmic bag with us let that be you know that's that's if anything what this is inviting you to do is to sit down relax and watch life go by you will do the things that you consider reasonable to do whatever your makeup your mind is you're going to do it but don't don't fret don't overthink allow things to happen and enjoy the fact that everything that is happening 
is happening with the um, see the word catalyst what does it mean is to accelerate a process what is the only process that's happening in the universe and it's going through you it's the evolution of the self is the evolution of the self towards infinity so you are naturally with a momentum which is the upward spiraling prana or the upward spiraling light that is pushing you to infinity allow that to happen don't take more turns you know don't deviate much more from it just allow it to happen and in as much as possible i can't stress enough meditate just sit quietly and allow your thoughts to be allow them to to exist that's that's what they do your mind can only have an activity of of thoughts so allow it to be and see what reveals or what it's revealed rather with this allowing of the mind which eventually kind of quiets it down and it goes up again quiets down you start glimpsing it it's almost like a plane coming down you know but as soon as you put some um some uh, how should i say <laughs> throttle into the mind then the plane goes up and up uh gets all diffused the bottom or the land gets diffused and the clouds get in the way just allow the plane to so slowly go down if you have ups that's fine you keep going up and down up and down do that and you'll be accessing intelligent infinity listening to the creator and becoming that that's the key thing too if i can leave you with something is that this is not something that is an experience while you're meditating this inevitably starts permeating in your daily life you become more calm in harmony quiet just more uh, tolerant all of these things just start happening just by slowing the activity over your mind that's all i got today i got to the hour uh i didn't think i was gonna take an hour here but there's so much to talk about so i hope you liked my take on this it's my philosophy like i always say this is not the final interpretation there's anybody can take this and talk about it but all I care is that it was useful for you. So that's all I'm here for. Just to share my thoughts, my activity of the mind when it comes to gore. Uh, this this feasting on this gorgeous uh, poetry that we get from, from the Confederation. Anyhow, session 58 is going to continue with more pyramids, pyramids, pyramids and healing. You get more material and healing. Thank you for watching. Links in the description for everything that I mentioned. If you want to support me as well as there, like, subscribe if you haven't. I love you. I really do. Go meditate. Go do a reflection. Contemplate nature. Do something. Just don't watch another video after this. Take at least five minutes before you do something else. See you in session 58.